Welcome to another episode of Authentically D. I am your host, your podcast host, Ladidra Shackelford. And yeah, so this podcasting thing is very new to me. But we're going to get into it. Um, I don't know what episode this will be, but it's kind of weird when you're just talking to a microphone by yourself and you're just yapping away. It's odd. It's weird, but it's also kind of therapeutic. So I think I might like this uh, whole podcast thing. I think I understand now why a lot of people are doing it. I think it's pretty cool. There's no pressure of oh my gosh, how many people are going to listen to this? I don't really care. You pull in who you pull in. If it's for you, it's for you. If not, who cares, right? So that's another reason why I like podcasting so far. But again, I haven't put anything out yet, So, but we'll see how it goes. All right, enough of that hoopla. Let's get into today's topic. Guys, all right, where do I begin? And I'm, I hope, so it is my hope and prayer that none of these episodes come off as um, overly critical of whatever topic it is that I'm talking about, but I just need to kind of have this outlet, like I said, and just kind of share what's on my mind and go from there. Okay, with that being said, let's get into it. Today's topic is all about emo- emotionalism in the church. Emotionalism in the church. All right, where do I want to start with this? So, I think we have to be real careful, y'all, as um, especially as leaders in the church. And when I say leaders, I mean I'm talking about anybody from pastors, ministers, praise and worship leaders if you serve in any capacity of leadership where you are required to um be in front of people and um kind of help usher them into the presence of the lord in whatever manner that is i think we have to be very careful because what i'm seeing now and this is why i want to discuss this is really heavy on my heart but we're running across a lot of emotionalism in the church and we're equating emotionalism to an actual personal relationship with Christ, right? So I want to talk about this primarily from, um, I'll say two different aspects. So I'm going to talk about it from Let's say the person who is the praise and worship leader and also, for example, maybe the people who are in charge of um, carrying the service. Yeah, that's how I think I'll do this one. Okay, so we've equated a personal, no, we've equated emotionalism and emotional response to having a successful service or having a personal relationship with God that's the point I'm trying to drive home that's the point I'm trying to make sure you understand that this is dangerous and we really have to do something to kind of um combat what's happening so for example 
I know that you probably see in churches nowadays, right? Every, mostly every church you go to, um, I'll start with the praise and worship leader. So you have the praise and worship leader who feels or feels pressured that their job is to um, gain a response or get a response out of the people that they are trying to help lead into worship, right? So they get up there. And they usually have some type of call to action, (laughs) which is oftentimes praise the Lord, everybody, and then they wait for a response. Or if not praise the Lord, everybody, they're they're trying to pump you up with, um, hasn't God been good to you? Like they'll ask you a question that requires this response. um, And then... The thing about it, though, is if the response isn't one that's hyped up or emotional, that same praise and worship leader will then continue to try and get that audience to a place where they feel is appropriate to then move on to the rest of the service. But that's a problem because... Praise and worship, to me, is a is a, per, a very personal thing. I mean, it's great that we're coming together corporately to do it, but the action in itself is a very personal thing. So, each person has their own unique personal experience with God, with the Father, right? So we praise God based on who he is to us and sometimes based on our personality types or based on whatever the situation is, our personal encounters with God. But the worship leaders have already kind of put together in their mind this universal Um, standard of what praise and worship should look like so then if they don't see it then they feel like praise and worship wasn't successful or there's a problem or the people didn't come to to praise and worship God when truly they did but they're doing it in the way that they feel is right for them so for the leader to then look at you know, that congregation like, okay, what y'all are doing is not enough, then you got to ask your, that's dangerous because then you got to ask yourself enough for who? Is it, is it not enough for you? Are you saying it's not enough for God? Do you know what God considers pleasing when it comes to praise and worship? Um, for example, I'll give you a few examples. Somebody may be in the audience, they might be closing their eyes and they're silently talking to God, right? They're telling God, I love you, I worship you, I adore you. And they're just standing there and they have their eye closed, eyes closed. And the praise and worship leader <laughs> is looking at them like, God ain't do nothing for you. Didn't God bring you out? Didn't God wake you up this morning? But the person standing there with their whole heart 
to themselves telling the Lord how much they love him. But again, it's not enough because we've gotten so accustomed to emotionalism, right? <sighs> we got to get it together, y'all. It's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Um, what else do I want to share about that? Let me see. Uh, it's like we're not happy until there's a certain volume, until there's a certain look, until there's a certain sound, um, until people are hollering and screaming and running around a church. Then it's like, oh, yeah, we had church. Oh, yeah, we were praising them. People were praising them. But what if, so you got that same person who's just standing there closing their eyes, but with everything in them, they're, they are worshiping God, right? But then you have the person who's giving the worship leader what they want, which is the yelling and the screaming and the hollering. And they're just doing it because they know that's what's required to move on to the next thing. Who do you think, whose worship, whose praise do you think God accepts? Probably not that person, right? Probably the person who was standing there with a sincere heart, crying out to God, you know, adoring him worshiping him but yet the leader is satisfied they moved on to the next uh segment <laughs> which is three songs um well two upbeat songs and a slow song and then they think oh yeah my work is done we had churched that's a problem y'all and then all right so then there's the um let's talk about the the person who's in charge of opening up service, right? So the, um, I forgot what they call it. The, what's, what's it called? The service uh, call to, call to worship, right? Call the worship leader, right? So they come up there. They probably have to do an opening prayer. Start off with the opening prayer. But before their prayer, they pray. You know, they tell everybody to stand up and let's go before the lord or but before they do that it's like oh god we thank you oh open your mouths and bless him on today on today this and this and that and they're waiting on everybody to to look a certain way have their hands lifted um to say specific things um but that might not be everybody's personal experience or personal uh way of praising god like some people may want to yell out god i thank you or hallelujah <laughs> some people just might want to say it quietly hallelujah <laughs> like what's like the the volume does not make your praise any better or worse okay it's the sincerity of heart so i really kind of wanted to drive in on that topic um and kind of get your opinions as well anybody who may be able to relate to this or this may resonate with you like 
understanding that this could be a very dangerous thing if we continue to go this route because we're not respond we're not in charge of another person's personal encounter with God and it's not our jobs to create this um universal way of giving God praise I believe that the body of Christ should be very diverse in its style of worship and praise um and again like I said I believe it's based on everybody's personal encounter so um yeah I want to hear your thoughts on how we can do better with this um what else do I want to see I want to know um like what your what your personal style of worship might be um what do you feel most comfortable doing when you're in a congregation like is it um is it annoying is it frustrating when the praise and worship leader is like literally yelling at you and fussing at you to um get a response out of you like how do you feel about <laughs> how do you feel about it like i remember one time i was sitting in church where the worship leader like they did not come to play like oh my gosh we got fussed at so bad i thought they were gonna be like now go get a switch and not a skinny one either go get a switch if you don't praise the lord today we gonna whip your butt up in here it was bad like what is wrong with y'all like what are y'all gonna get in trouble from the pastor if y'all if we don't um cut up a certain way like what is it is it pride in you that feels that you um are capable of pulling a reaction out of us and if you don't get that reaction then something is done to your ego like you feel like you're not as good of a worship leader unless everybody's running around church speaking in tongues um jumping up and down and doing what you tell us to do um so what is it like what what's your what's your goal when you're doing that i'm talking to the worship leaders right now like what's your goal um when what we're doing doesn't look like enough to you so what is it that you ultimately want to see and I, i understand the dead church like it has to be tough standing up there like trying to get people to um move around and not just stand there but at the same time there has to be some kind of um separation and making sure that you're not trying to just uh gain a specific reaction based on what you think church should look and sound like and that you're actually able to read and measure um what's happening in the spirit what's going on um in the atmosphere be able to kind of uh set and shift the atmosphere based on what the spirit is doing not based on emotional reactions okay um hopefully i wasn't rambling too much but those are those are my thoughts um ultimately i feel like the goal of collective praise and worship is to bring together people believers who have um experienced a personal encounter with god 
Monday through Saturday, right? But then they come together on this day, a day that, you know, the most popular day that has been designated, it seems, to um, collectively worship God. And we come together based on our personal experiences, whatever that experience looks like to you. And we come together and we have this explosive collaborative effort of praising and worshiping our God um, in a way that would bring about more a more creative, authentic fellowship. And in turn, I believe that the authenticity is what's going to be the thing that changes lives and brings about healing and um, catches the eye and the heart of the unbeliever and bring about true deliverance to everyone who's made a decision to gather in that place on that day. So we just, we gotta, um, hold on. Oh yeah. We gotta do better. Um, universally across the board, we just have to do better in that area and being able to truly sense what's happening in the spirit and not basing an emotional response on and not not um using emotional responses to measure the true temperature or in the success of a um praise and worship service all right guys that is all i have for this episode i hope you enjoyed it tune in to the next episode whenever that will be whenever i feel like dropping it and yeah hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and week god bless